That's Jeremy Bryan. And that's Caroline Steele. And this is HR Alchemist. Alchemist. <laughs> so the question first is, what is an alchemist? That's a good question. That's a good question. basic definition that I came across is someone that transforms something ordinary into something extraordinary. And that's our goal, isn't it? To take ordinary HR practices and make them extraordinary. I feel like I didn't even know what HR was until after like university. Mm -hmm. And I think no one really was you know when you like people are like what do you want to do when you grow up people aren't like human resources <laughs> no one explains that to you. you mean this wasn't your aspiration <laughs> no like i don't even think i knew what it was like i didn't yeah. it's not spoken about yeah when i joined my first company i applied because it was a software company uh-huh. but they were at that moment hiring for resource managers rather than software engineers so you could have, in a different reality, been a software engineer. I was in a past life of software engineer. You were? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I had no idea. I studied software engineering. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are they the same languages that we use now? No. That's funny because I think everyone who studies software engineering starts with languages from the 70s, like Fortran and COBOL, and just such a waste of time. <laughs> but I think it helps you to understand like, you know, the evolution of languages. Okay. Yeah. But I did. I, I studied C and C++ and I still use that. And a little bit of Java. Yeah. But you know, the I spent so many hours creating things that you could literally like go on a website and download in two seconds now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the, yeah. Like on GitHub and yeah. just be able to like copy yeah. and paste. Well, even like, you know, imagine like on websites and stuff, like it's so simple just to plug and play. Okay. And, and you know, like you don't have to code. Is there a university that offers HR as a degree or is... I do think that there are people, like I do know people with a human resources major or minor. When I realized I wanted to work in human resources and I looked at the job requirements, most of them say psychology degree. Mm. And interestingly enough, when like my first job in the startup world was in recruitment and that role really didn't require anything because there's no training for it. And so I just did like three months training with my boss once I got on the team. Mm. And then I started doing it, and I was like, oh, I quite like this. Yeah. Like, it's totally random. And I was thinking the other day that it doesn't actually, like, it's just kind of crazy to, like, stumble upon something like you were doing. Yeah. Like, you just ended up in the role, and you're like, okay, I guess I actually really like this. Maybe we should call this accidental HR. Accidental HR. So I think the podcast that we're going to do is going to be conversations with people, mostly based in Berlin, at least to start with. Um, but people who have uh, a specific area of interest that they're working on, um, anything related to making the workplace better. And we're probably going to have like 10 minute conversations with people, have snippets where we ask people a question just to get an idea. And then some ideas on how to like, you know, work with trends at the moment, what's, what's uh, new, uh, what people are trying in the workplace. Um, so that's kind of what I see our goal is with the podcast. I also think the cultural aspect of uh, HR and uh, especially in Berlin, our teams are super diverse and there's people from, you know, my last team, we had 
10 different nationalities. I think that's really important and be cool to get people in to mm-hmm. talk about how you can make a common culture between um, everyone on a team mm-hmm. and how that fits into the German culture that's yeah. already here. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I came up with this theory. I call it coffee versus chai. Okay. Um, I didn't realize it at the time because I started working in Australia and had a very strict routine every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'd wake up at a certain time, I'd catch the 817 train into the city. Okay. I'd pick up an espresso on Is the way Is that Melbourne? Or? In, in Melbourne, in yeah. Melbourne. Okay. Right? And uh, uh, get to my desk at a certain time, had like fixed time for lunch for half an hour. For me, that was very much like a coffee culture, you know, because you drink coffee to energize yourself and to focus on work. Uh, when I moved to India, I got a job at a software company and it was just all over the place. You know, the first thing they told me was I have to be in the office for nine hours. I was like, this What? is crazy. Yeah. In Australia, you can't be there for more than seven and a half hours. So instantly there was like, why am I spending so much time in the office? And I realized it's because people like to socialize and they always like, you know, every half an hour, someone would come to my desk and say, hey, do you want a cup of chai? Okay. <laughs> so you spent like... Four of those hours socializing. I calculated one day. I okay. started and calculated it. I think in Australia, I spent maybe half an hour socializing with my work colleagues. And then we would go to the pub on Friday night. And that was when we actually talked personal things. But in India, um, you know, we'd have like six chai breaks. Oh my God. <laughs> one hour lunch break. Um, I'm not saying this is the current trend at the moment in India. I'm just saying that this was definitely the case back then. Uh, and there is a lot more socializing. But I think this is the difference between the cultures. In Australia, it's very much, you know, you get rewarded for what you do. Yeah. Uh, in India, you have to build the social relationships because to get things done, it's also who you know. Uh, so, you know, I mean, now things are changing in India as well. It's very influenced by American culture. So things are changing a little bit. And I, I kind of call it more like a coffee culture in Australia because, um, you know, you, you're more focused on your work. And I think it's quite similar in Germany, probably the same in America as well. I think it's changed a lot and it depends on the industry that you're in. But I do think that people work really hard in really long hours and they don't really get much breaks. Mm-hmm. And I think that really differs from the European startups. Here, I feel like people often leave work at four or five yeah. and they're not like expected to be there so long. Yeah, and I think it, like you know, like your social beverage makes a difference as well because it kind of highlights how you work. Like the chai culture is very much about taking your time. You don't ever drink chai in two minutes. Okay, it's something that you sit with colleagues or you know sit around people and enjoy a cup of chai. But while you're doing that, you're also gossiping and you're just having like conversation. So is Germany the? Would you say is it a beer culture? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought in my understanding before I moved here, I thought Germany was very strong coffee culture because, you know, it's very process driven, highly structured. Um, but since moving here, I, I'm kind of realizing there is still a, a little bit of that social fabric as well in, in mm-hmm. organizations here, like, you know, especially outside Berlin. Mm-hmm. If you go to the smaller towns as well, like there's definitely a lot of socializing that happens at work. topic that you kind of like psychological oh, safety in the workplace I love psychological safety <laughs> psychological yeah that's safety. my um that's yeah it's one of my favorite topics right now I kind of had a realization yesterday that it was I remember having to let someone go that I didn't really like I wasn't her supervisor and I wasn't really my place to do it it should have been our supervisor to let her go but he was away on vacation so I had to do it and she was really surprised like she She was like, I had my review two weeks ago, and he didn't say anything mm-hmm. about my performance being 
you know, so low that I had to be let go. And I think that's what triggered it. But right after that is when I started really like getting interested in psychological safety. And I realized it was because I spent the next three months after I let that person go feeling always like kind of looking over my shoulder. Oh, is today the day I'm going to get fired? Is Mm. it going to be now? Because my boss says all this nice stuff to me, but maybe he doesn't actually mean it. Yeah. Um, and unless you're having regular feedback sessions with your direct supervisor and not with the HR. And they're honest and Exactly. And it's open. open. It's two-way dialogue. Um, that psychological safety doesn't really step into the workplace. Yeah. Um, but this is also where I think the lines become really blurred because a lot of people that we work with especially expect uh, the HR to step in and manage people. Yeah. When it should actually be the role and responsibility of, let's say, the team leader or the manager or the direct supervisor yeah. Uh, and not the role of HR. It doesn't mean always being nice all the time to have psychological safety. I think a lot of people misinterpret the... <laughs> yeah, so it's not like five is to one, right? The positive feedback, exactly. always positive. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's not what we mean as well, because you need to have kind of boundaries at the workplace, which is really another thing that we will definitely talk about at some point on this podcast is boundaries, yeah. cor- corporate boundaries, which is a, a session that a lot of people are asking for in Berlin because it's kind of because you know the, the concept of boundaries is like very much uh, relationships or families but you never think about it in a workplace yeah um, and I started noticing this when I started doing a workshop on how to deal with distractions in the workplace mm-hmm. and started realizing that people don't set boundaries um, in their workplace scenarios uh, one because you know you're kind of in a professional scenario and you're not quite sure where to set the boundary how to set the boundaries um, but this is something that I feel is is going to be a topic in the next few years. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I do remember in um, this book, Reinventing Organizations, the author said that the this sort of dynamic between your supervisor being like a father figure can mm-hmm. sometimes be negative towards your mm-hmm. daily interactions because you shouldn't have them be... Like, you shouldn't have this sort of hierarchy that creates, like, a weird family dynamic. What do you think you're saying? (laughs) I mean, there's a lot to be said about that, right? Because if you study leadership, for instance, and you notice how, like, you know, the family structure of that time Mm -hmm. really affects the corporate structure as well. Um, So people do bring a lot of your family culture into the workplace. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess it's like Japanese culture. Like we we're talking with one of our colleagues that worked in Japan for six years, and she was saying that the respect that's given to the to the leaders and sort of like the respect that's given to elders. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Like even in India, like you would never if, if you, you would not talk to your CEO the same way that you would talk to your your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Australia, I remember one of my jobs. I think in my second week, I I was invited to dinner with the CEO, and the first thing he told me was, you know, just call me by my first name. Mm-hmm. And and that was a little bit surprising to me because, you know, in India, you would never do that. And yeah. there's so much respect that's given to a position. But in Australia, it's a lot more flat in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is like behind the scenes that there is still a bit of structure. Um, but in general, I think that's where the, the culture is shaped as well. Like it's very informal. Um, so culture affects the workplace a lot. Yeah. So if you are a HR professional or a learning and development professional, a coach, someone just listening to this podcast because you're one of our friends and want to support us. Um, Shout out to our friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is just an introductory podcast where we're just 
sort of um, having a rambling discussion and setting a precedent. But what we would like to do is interview at least one person on each uh, podcast episode that we have. Pick a topic. It could be something like collaboration um, across remote teams. Also, if anyone's out there has any topics that they want us to talk about or maybe look into, please uh, post or comment or send us a LinkedIn message. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, look for us on LinkedIn. That's Caroline Steele. That's Jeremy Bryan. And this, this is, is HR, HR Alchemist. Alchemist. <laughs>